I think Roddy, somehow you you are a little quieter than the rest of everyone. I just smoked some weed, so I'm <laughs> <laughs> How does that turn your volume level down? <laughs> oh, 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 oh the weed was the weed was too loud, so he had to From TMP to TTNG for sure the care and those tired meme jeans Hella can sell and the promise ring Sunny day real estate and rights this spring Prince Twinkle Daddy's help keep the dream alive I constantly thank God for Algernon and Remo Christie front drive Mineral snowing high tide hotelier and more This is the two-year anniversary episode of the E-Word. This would be episode 40 if it were releasing next, but it might not be ep- ep- episode 40, so let's not call it that. Um, but we have one guest on the podcast, and we already have someone who was called into the podcast. Um, our special guest for this episode is Roddy from the band Nice. We finally let you on. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm stoked. I've been... I've been like messaging y'all like pretty relentlessly for months now to get on, so I'm pretty. Sure. <laughs> um, after a while, it just became a bit. I'm ready. Uh, I'm here with my hot take, though. Hell yeah. Um, I'm a little upset that this episode is not going to start with me calling our listeners stupid little piggies who don't deserve life, but um, that's you should okay. just go ahead and start it. Start it like that. Just go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we're gonna fade in there. <laughs> uh and uh we have tweeted the link out to people to call into the podcast and before we even hit record or call uh Dree drew from third row records and twitter.com don't call, me, don't call me that don't call me drew how dare you <laughs> i actually just call them dra yeah dra that works just drill <laughs> <laughs> yep uh so why why did you decide to call in? Um, like I said, had nothing going on. <laughs> Do you have anything to bring to the table? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Are you here to like promote some pre order for like worst party ever or anything? I, I wasn't, but yeah, go buy that. Go buy that record. <laughs> go Was buy it? go buy two thumbs down, go listen to Danny the Street, you know. I could I could plug all day. Uh, so the loose idea of this episode is uh, we asked for some of your topics, takes, uh, questions for the podcast. Uh, we have about 25 of them. 
uh, most of them are like not great. Uh, so we're going to roll with that. Um, but at the top of the episode, I'd like to give Rowdy a proper plug for anything and uh, ask you some questions about what Nice is up to and stuff. So, uh, Rowdy, what, what is Nice currently up to? We're putting out a music video on Friday or in a few days. I don't know how this this will probably air after it comes out. But yeah, we're putting it out in a few days. And like the day before we go on tour. Oh well, yeah, we're going on tour. <laughs> yeah. We're like 18 days on the East Coast with Stars Hollow. I'm pretty sure about that. I wanted to ask some like proper questions for like a little bit of like an interview and thing. Uh, so we have mentioned on the podcast a bunch about bands that are like, you know, are meme and uh but I feel like the nice memes are like I don't I don't know, Ellie, maybe you can come in here and help me flesh this question. Right. Out. Like Right. So the memes uh <laughs> feel like they're being like like they are marketing, whereas the nice memes are one, genuinely funny and two feel like they are coming from a human rather than a uh, meme generator machine that is plugged into Twitter. They're also um, interactive. I'll, yes, I'll, I'll, I'll say that. Like yes. the uh, um, like the like the picture of my forehead meme. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I'll, you just tell that there's nice like a personality behind it. Yeah. Well, thank you. Uh, um, but yeah, no, I think it, it it a lot of it stems from like my life is like a joke, you know. So it's like just making fun of like all the stupid shit that happens to me on every single daily basis uh have you ever considered stand-up comedy have you ever considered opening nicest sets with like <laughs> 10 minutes of just freestyle material um i'm like an improv guy i'm i don't i don't write shit i don't got time you know i'm like <laughs> off the cuff firing one-liners zingers well everything it's it's all up my sleeve but it's like just like a prepared 10 minutes i don't know if i could do that <laughs> okay okay let me let me rephrase uh if you could assemble a four-person emo diy whose line is it anyway cast who would be on it um okay, me <laughs> uh-huh uh ryland <laughs> Good pick. uh ryland and, and, and claudio too ryland and claudio are like the colin mockery ryan styles of diy i think I think we have another person who just called in. What's up? Hey. What's up, uh, Rabbit Emoji Sean? Hey, how, how are you doing? <laughs> Staffer Sean from the Punk News podcast. Yeah, I've been I've been active with Punk News a lot recently. I've been meaning to get back into it because I enjoy it, but it's very time consuming. So, Sean, how, how plugged in are you with uh, the Blink One Fifty Five community? With, <laughs> I uh, have. I've been a I've been a part of Blink 150 the Blink 155 community since day 1 uh because I was kind of following Sam Sutherland's work from beforehand I oh, like that's some whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I actually interviewed him my freshman year of high school for my radio show um and that's how like I I like I researched him and found all of his other stuff. He used to be in a band called Junior Battles which is really good. Mm -hmm. Uh mm -hmm. great stuff. Um, also, they have a split with Long Mountain, which is the band that I'm obsessed with and will take any opportunity to kind of shoehorn into a conversation. So, uh, yeah, check out Bong Mountain. Um, I saw that but, last year and it was fucking sick. Oh, another oh, person on the call. <laughs> Where, where's the sample on the call? Tamir! Why's your camera on? Oh, shit, my camera's on. No, don't look at me. Don't look at me. 
my favorite human. <laughs> Happy sweet. birthday. Thank you. Thank you, Ellie. That's that's kind of you. What, 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 are, we, what are we doing in here? So, Sean, can you get us on Blink-155? Because uh, I asked them once upon a time, and they said, <laughs> They'd keep us in their pocket for the for the emo episode. But. That was the thing before before the Blink One Fifty Five community was like you know a whole like thing. Um, I was like tweeting at them every single week because as I said, it was there from day one. Like I want to be on your podcast. I want to be on your podcast because it had it had no audience at that point. So I'm like I can be on this podcast because anyone can. And then the, the first <laughs> guest that they actually ever had was uh, Chris Cresswell from the Flatliners. So already that was like way out of my league. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But I, I would love to be on it myself. Uh, if I if I knew how to get you on, okay, I would. Yeah, I would this isn't for about sure. you, Sean. This isn't about you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying if, if I had that capability to get you on Blink-155, I would have used that for myself long ago, I guess is what I'm getting at. Slowgoers <laughs> <laughs> put out a new record recently. We did. Yeah. We did. And we're pretty, we're pretty happy with it. And the reception has been nice. I mean, I don't often do things that are like pleasant to listen to, but uh, I dig this. So sweet, yeah. So it's called it's called Ever Home. Uh, check it out if you if you have the capability. Yeah, it took too long uh, to record it for a number of reasons, as as it goes with fucking stupid DIY emo bands. But we're happy with it. So we haven't played a show in like over a year, but you know it's chill. <laughs> the worst part is that me and my bandmate. Uh, play in like two other bands together and they are like way the fuck more active than the slow goers have has like ever been what's your band that dresses up in like ties and shit called oh yeah yeah. broke royals that's the fucking uh that's the pop band which is (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah which person are you in the picture (laughs) (laughs) glasses right yeah i'm I'm the one with the glasses yeah that's me there's yeah, there's that band, and then um, and then uh, the post rock band that I joined recently too called uh, Christeva, and uh, funny funny enough, uh, all three of all three of the the bands that I've been playing in recently, not slogo, not including slogoers, uh, played shows or did stuff this weekend, so I've I've been busy. Fucking Christeva played a show uh, on Friday. Brooke Royals did some live in studio shit on Saturday, and then uh, Mattachine, the fucking. Uh, like metalcore band with uh alex from infant island and uh and austin from infant island and uh michael from black matter device who are crazy um we just played in uh philly last night um and that was insane we played with uh soul glow and binary and uh gif it was, well, was, it was, it was records it was at uh uh everybody hits that oh, is that, that the record store right next to it that's like right down the street i live yeah, yeah, yeah. those apartments right there oh, okay sick yeah yeah, yeah. where is that the show no, I was not at the show. I did not know that was happening. Oh shit! Damn, you, uh, damn, uh, <laughs> you missed, you missed out. There's, there's a great grandpa show right now. I'm not too go. into oh, that no. scene, but you know how it be. I know. I love Soul Glow. I understand. I, yeah, Soul Glow was great. They're awesome. I saw them in like a warehouse somewhere. It was a cool show. Yeah. No, I didn't. I missed Best. them actually. Yeah, wow. I just saw Soul Glow with uh, Gouge Away and Jerome's Dream. Um, oh wow. Um. Oh my god, they fucking they were the best act of the night. They fucking They're insane. Blew off the place. They're yeah, ridiculous. even though the vocalist like had hurt his back. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was so sick he was last night like, too. Over awkwardly. Yeah. Yeah, um, you had like a cold or some shit last night. 
you know, Ruben came on to like, like provide some like weird guitar noise at the end of Gajaway set. It was so dope. Oh hell yeah, Ruben's the best. Uh, Amygdala was also on that show since they were the Fuck. San Antonio locals. Yeah, yeah, brain melter me. of a show. Um, they ha- they were selling a, a T-shirt that was just uh, their band name, uh, a picture of Tweety Bird, um, <laughs> like in baggy jeans and a backwards cap, and then underneath it just said "Fuck Ice." Nice. <laughs> that sounds that sounds about right. That sounds like Amygdala. I bought it immediately. I spent like a hundred dollars at that show. Nice. <laughs> okay. That's let's- sick. Let's get into a proper thing here. How, how yeah, I was gonna say, what are we what are we doing? <laughs> uh, we were talking about nice like about fifteen minutes ago. Okay. Episode. Whoa, ah, cool. Hello. <laughs> Roddy was like, time for some promotion. <laughs> that, was, that was embarrassing. Sorry, I was fucking with the music video thing for Friday. <laughs> I do plan on seeing Nice uh, when y'all come to Richmond because uh, my friends in uh, in Wolves Clothing are playing that show, so oh, I'll, cool. I'll, I'll I'll plan to be there. That's gonna be yeah. sick. So one of the the takes or the topics or the questions is <coughs> I, I am going to start with a good one here. Can a band ever stay good once they quote unquote go mainstream? I want to say there are a couple of cases of this, but there's a lot of cases against it. Um, I think I'm gonna uh, say that. No bands are good. True. That's a good take. Yep. That's the best. What are we considering mainstream, first of all? Mm. That, yeah, that was going to be my question. That is a good question. Yeah. Like, 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 ra- like radio play like in the public consciousness? Because like, my immediate go-to, even though it was like, just for like an album or two, would be like Modest Mouse, maybe. Although I know a lot of people would disagree on that one. I mean, like, what about even, like, Against Me signing to Fat Wreck? Like, that was, like, a big dramatic thing for them, too. People were more angry about that than when they signed to a major. I know. I know. That's what I'm (laughs) getting at. I mean, I feel like we can agree in retrospect that New Wave is, like, still a great album. I don't know. I feel like like most people, like, look back on that album more fondly. And obviously, like, these days, I mean, like, I I feel like everybody loves Transgender Dysphoria Blues, so, like... They've they've put out good stuff since then for sure. I mean, maybe the only record of theirs that I literally ever listened to is uh, Reinventing Axl Rose. Uh, I've I, never I like, listened to a full Against Me record. I can't I say. Like Eternal Cowboy is just so underrated. Cowboy's I mean, that's my favorite. The... I think I think with the parameters of mainstream, quote unquote, being a little uh, a little murky. I mean, I'm just gonna assume. It, I'm I'm just gonna say when a band signs to a major label, that's that's like my we're, like, we're considering like Fat a major label. Yeah, uh, considering Fat Wreck, uh, yeah. no, no. Because okay. uh, um, when I when I hear the words "quote unquote" sell out in the context of DIY, it means signed to a major. Um, yeah. Okay, what if Nice signed to Epitaph? <laughs> Fucking sellouts, the whole lot of them. Fucking sellouts. Remember there was that whole thing with Gloss a few years ago where like Gloss broke up after like getting that offer for Epitaph and then yeah. that, that was a whole thing. We um, talked about that uh, yeah. a couple of times. I remember that. I think it depends on what kind of band you are because um, if you are the type of band who pushes to mature your songwriting, then I think quote unquote selling out can be successful in an artistic sense. For example, look at Jimmy Eat World, uh, who basically... Yeah, that's who I was thinking of. Or Jawbreaker, or Code Orange, who after they signed to Roadrunner, I feel like their songwriting yeah. uh, way better. 
Like, I, th- I think uh, it, it all depends on whether or not you will use the resources available to you uh, in a way that will augment will augment your sound rather than uh, succumbing to major label pressures to make a, a hit record. For example, like yeah. Green Day clearly did like most of their best work after they got signed to him. They yeah. got more punk. They got heavier. You know, there's, there's that whole uh, there's that whole conspiracy with with the new songs that they're actually just like putting out a, a shit record so they can get I, out I, of their 100%, label contract. One hundred percent believe that. I I don't know. I feel like it's a bit of a stretch that they that they've got. Well, do you do you believe in the whole theory that they've got like another like good record that they're they're yes. ready to release right afterwards? Wait, really? Yes. I don't believe that at all. They've been making shitty records for a while now. I mean, not a good record, but like a real record and not a fuck you record. Is that the idea of of uh, Uno Dos Trey? Was that the real record? <laughs> no, no, I mean, so they have like they have they're like reusing the American Idiot album art and putting out songs that clearly are just like like blatant bullshit, and then they're gonna release an album full of real songs like after they fulfill their contract with Reprise. Um, cause this, this record that they're putting out is literally 27 minutes long, which is the minimum requirement for a full length, um, by their, by their contract standards. And also the first two songs sound exactly the same. I, I don't know if they released another single, but the first two that I listened to, like did sound exactly the same. So I could imagine that just being them throwing kind of, yeah, just throwing yeah, in the towel. It's a, it's a, it's a middle finger record. For There's sure. another person um, here. Who are you? Oh, hey, what's up? Oh, shit. My name is uh, my name's Tom, and I was just looking for a place to join the conversation. Looking for a place to sneak in. What's up? Hey Tom. Well, hey Tom. You you have snuck in. Is this is this Tom Fisher? Yes. Hi. How are you? What's up? How's it going? Are we chilling. Straight vibing. Congrats on uh, two you... years. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Uh, can you identify which of us is speaking by your voice? By our voice, um, I can tell between Kyle and Ellie, but <laughs> people, I don't know. I just thought it was funny because Christian Holden like for like the first ten minutes of the podcast the other day. No, I've listened to like a lot of the podcast, so. Like, oh yeah, I uh, Tom. Tom, what band are you in again? I'm in a band called He Was an Artist, She Was a Carpenter. Yes, yes that's right. Um, didn't said, I like roast you? We sounded like. Uh, Beaker from the Muppets being strangled, I believe. <laughs> and I laughed my ass off. That's good. For the record, I don't. I don't want to imply that that means it was bad. Uh, I dug it. <laughs> no, I mean I consider that a good thing in music. Uh, does anyone else have thoughts on bands uh, being good after they quote unquote sell out? I think it's possible, but it doesn't happen often. Yeah. I think that's. The general conclusion was, yeah, I mean, like Black Parade, that's the the major label debut, right? No, that's that that their Cheers was their major label. Oh, okay, I mean, regardless, that's, I mean, I feel like a pretty good example as well. You, you I can could, think of could, more like, bands being successful jumping to a major label and making good records than I can think of bad ones. So I remember yeah. this going around when Death Cab for Cutie signed to a major label. Like they had like eight lines in their contract or like eight pages in their contract about how they were going to maintain creative control. And I think like that's how you do it, I guess. Yeah. Like shit, like we get to choose the singles, we get to choose who we work with for a producer and stuff. But 
I don't Can know. Can you think of any band that actually started to suck shit once they signed to a major? Uh, uh, Remo Drive. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Bold of you to assume. I cry every night thinking. Of, hey, listen, listen, Ellie. I'm not. I'm not having this. I'm not having this right now. I'm not listen. <laughs> okay, here's another question. Yeah, I can't think of anything else. This comes from Alex Martin, uh, who who said <laughs> like y'all are fucked when they found out that Roddy's coming on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> they texted me. And we're like, are you going on the E-word? And I said, yeah. And they were like, fuck yeah. Or no, no. I think they said that's fucked. That's fucked. I still, I, I still want Alex to come on. Uh, we were supposed to premiere a short fictions uh, song, but it just didn't happen. And I feel really bad about it. Um, but Ian you Cohen know, new short fictions is crazy. Yeah, Ian Cohen tweeted about that. And the new record is fucking insane. I listened to it and it's... Uh, yeah, it's really good. Stellar. I'm excited. They're a good band. Well, this is kind of a topical question based <laughs> on what we're talking about because Alex says, what are the most anticipated year-end releases? I'll start with Max Seal because everything from that has been stupid good. The Mover Shaker record is going to be... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. shit. Uh, you said the question was just like stuff that hasn't come out yet? Yeah. Uh, year-end uh, releases or stuff that's probably coming out next year? Whatever. Because uh, I think that Fiddlehead record's going to be a fucking bruiser. Wait, is there a full length coming? I believe there's a full length coming. They released like the, the two songs. Yeah, there's a seven inch um, coming out. But I think they got more up their sleeve. Okay. Not going to reveal my That Death LP should be sick. It's a good one, too. That's a good shout. I can't think of anything else. Origami Angel. Oh, yeah, that band. Okay. It's, it's hard to remember because Organi Angel literally just never stops putting shit out. They keep putting out music and it keeps getting better. It's insane. I'm really hoping Playboy Cardi drops a whole lot of red. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> I was, like, so sad when he didn't drop it. Like, I was, like, literally killed the vibe that whole fucking day. Like, I woke up early. I was going to listen to it. And it wasn't there. And it was fucked Damn. up. Damn. Uh, I'm really yeah. excited for the next dev update of uh, Jesus is Kang. Me too. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Ugh, that wreck took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> Closed on Sunday. You my Chick Fil A. <laughs> with the lemonade. <laughs> Fucking poetry. I'm getting that tatted on my chest. On God. I'm you, assuming people here know effort. this. You have to do that. You you can't go back. You have to. I know. I, I'm going to do it. I'm going to fucking do it. I'm serious about this. Fucking do it. I'm assuming like early 2020, we're going to see a bunch of emo LPs like Stars Hollow, Charmer. Uh, nice. I don't know. Maybe you have an LP coming? Next summer, hopefully. Next summer. Damn. We just My, uh, we, got them. we got it written. My favorite Screamo band's putting out an album next year. So I'm looking forward to that. Oh, the new Envy? Yeah, new Envy LP oh, next yeah. year. Yeah. Oh, shit. Dummy excited. New lineup that they have is insane. They're practically a super group at this point. I'm very excited. Um, here's a hot take, I think. MCR's first two albums are emo. Yeah. Okay. Oh, for sure. True. And I think, uh, is that a hot take? I think okay. it, it, was, it was just something DM to us. That's um, not a hot I feel like th those it's albums are really like, truer to like those are truer to like emotional hardcore than a lot of the stuff that like people who are trying to like defend gatekeep emo would consider emo. Yeah, it's kind of ironic. Uh, 
Honestly, three chairs sounds a lot closer to rights of spring than American football does. <laughs> and like, you watch like videos from those, those like early days where like they totally have the entire like look of like all all the kind of you know respected like screamo contemporaries in the early two thousands and late nineties. Yeah, I'd actually I'd actually go a step further. I think that three chairs is an emo record, um, and that I brought you my bullets is half emo half. Uh, Hardcore. Oh yeah. yeah, that's fair. Our Lady of Sorrows. I'm a lot like of a fucking like, hardcore song. Um, my uncle actually was uh, Frank Iero's ninth grade religion teacher, <laughs> and that makes listening to that one Pensy Prep LP like kind of uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> that's sick. That's insane. That's a that's an Easter egg. I'm a little bummed that Frank uh, never played on any of American Nightmares LPs because I think he he would have fucking shredded. Uh, he, he was in that band for like a couple months. I don't know if people like a couple that. months. Oh, I didn't realize it was that short. I thought it was like uh, a bit longer than that. Was their touring guitarist? Was that like <laughs> okay. well known until recently? It, it was. It was while they were give up the ghost. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, I, I can. See. I can bookend this question with two more takes. Okay. Cosmo. <laughs> I think I think the upstairs neighbor's dog is coming home because he be wilding out. Uh, this hot take is title fight fucking sucks. That's bad take. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, I don't I'm gonna fuck. wait. I'm gonna, wait. I'm gonna have to leave so this conversation. Radian is in the background yelling. So what do you? Several say? people are typing. I think <laughs> fucking title fight is so overrated. I think they're sick, but I think that like most bands that are like fit now are sicker. Like I don't get the like the, the obsession. Like the is this Roddy talking? Passionate take about title fight. Roddy, was that you? Was yeah. I saying that? You're a fucking idiot. I hate you. <laughs> I'm I'm extremely late to the uh, to the title fight uh, hype train as I am with most bands. Um, but I think they're cool. I don't know. I think Hyperview was their best record too. Oh wow. Hyperview. Um, that is a that is a weird take. Um, I'm not necessarily take. wrong because I love all of their albums. Um, I, just, I just can't get excited about like Floor Green on. Soft grunge in general never really appealed to me, so. I feel like the difference is that Title Fight never went, like, soft grunge in the way that, like, Citizen did. Um, yeah. They actually incorporated, like, legit shoegaze influence. Uh, and, I was never a shoegaze uh, band either. <laughs> so. And they always, they, like, Symbols guitars are not. Um, I feel like they're, I've heard uh, them called shoegaze before, but they, okay. That, that would make sense that why, that, why I like them. That's why, that's why they're the one shoegaze band I like, because they're not shoegaze. <laughs> I've, I've always felt like title fight songwriting and ethos, uh, no matter which genres they explore, are always rooted in hardcore. Um, which, that's that's the pipeline directly to my heart. Uh, is title fight true. overrated though? Like because there is like towers of hype for them at all points. Every band is overrated. Yeah, mm, but yeah. like, are they like over glorified to like the way that like when you listen to them for the first time or? Presently, are you just kind of underwhelmed? Um, I was pretty late to the title fight game, and like everyone had hyped it so much to me that I thought I like hear the best fucking shit I've heard in my life, and I was just like, "Yeah, this is sick," but it's not like that sick. 
That's not good for any so, band when they're like, you need to hear this. It's going to change your life. That's true. I feel, that, like, I feel like I can't answer this question in an unbiased way because it would be like asking me, do you think Touche Amore is overrated? Like, no, I've been on both these bands' trains for like 10 <laughs> I feel I feel like a lot of the people who talk about Title Fight as if they're like life changing or life saving music are people like me who have been into them for a very very long time um, and who just have like an inexplicable emotional attachment to them. So I guess I guess in that sense they're overrated and you should take it with a grain of salt. But uh, don't don't take away from our fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> Listen to the band. Don't stop listening to the band. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, the other thing with a band I like Title Fight, I'm to the shindig. The other thing with like a band like Title Fight is like they're so influential that so many bands kind of tried to, you know, sound like Title Fight. So in retrospect, yeah. they they seem a bit like less groundbreaking. So if you're coming from that kind of perspective, I mean, it's like with any band, you can you can go back to like. You know, that's why the Ramones are so boring these days, because it's like there's so many other <laughs> bands that came after them that like actually made more interesting music. But they were the first band to kind of sound like that. So it's like you kind of have to understand their place in time as well. If calling them overrated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Since a band like Title Fight is in that position, I think it makes it more interesting for me personally to go back and listen. Because how like how many fucking like diet Title Fight bands have there been since they've like like yeah. since Shed came um, out? And also I the difference the is the Title Fight did it better. Yeah, exactly. I think the thing you have to remember is Title Fight came at a time when it wasn't actually like it wasn't expected for hardcore kids and pop punk kids to have like overlapping fan bases. Yeah, Um, that makes sense. And Title Title Fight were probably the like one of, if not the first bands to like openly bridge that gap. And um, I, I feel like hardcore kids who go on to do non-hardcore bands will still always have that faction of hardcore kids behind them like boosting everything they do uh unfailingly loyal so i think that also has a lot to do with their hype we haven't talked about glitter on this podcast before oh shit i used to hate them but like i actually really like this new record now that i've sat with it for a little bit have you seen it live uh i have not i actually missed them with ceremony which i deeply regret who the fuck is glitter (laughs) <laughs> Ned. Uh, it's uh Ned. It's it's Ned from Title oh. Fight's uh disco project. It's, disco. It's basically uh New Order karaoke. That's so sick. Disco. <laughs> it is it's really good. Uh and there's actually some like kind of shreddy guitar solos on it too. Ooh, hell yeah. That sounds yeah. it. Uh next question. God, I fucking love Metallica. Okay. Next question. It's not a question. It is Phoebe Bridgers is emo. No. Phoebe Bridgers is sick. I always thought Phoebe Bridgers was emo. Is there a debate on that? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, there's, okay. there's debate on it. I disagree. Um, she's not emo. She's good. Julia Baker is emo. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, unlike Julia Baker, Phoebe like Bridgers is good. Emo. Hey, what the fuck? Julia oh, Baker is mad talented. Her music's just not my lane. It's just... <sighs> uh, doesn't what do about it. what about Better Oblivion Community Center? Would you consider that email? You don't want uh, to. Uh, better, <laughs> what did you say it was, Ellie? Audio ambient. Uh, I said it, it was. Uh, I said it was uh, music for people who think tapioca pudding is spicy. Uh, I, and then I, I called, wasn't asking if it was good because I don't really care about it all that much. I was just asking if it was emo. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's not emo. It's like 
down the middle indie rock. I also call that IKEA core. Yeah, one that's time, a good. That's a good one. That's a good one. One time, I tried to put that album on in the car with my sister, and she made me turn it off. <laughs> she was like, "I'm gonna fall asleep at the wheel." I, I like it though. I think it's good. That's it. I don't. I do not worship either of the the Phoebe or the Better Oblivion things, but they're fine. I worship both, and I do not care about this album at all. <laughs> okay, here is a bigger question that I think people ask a lot these days. How do I get involved in a local DIY scene? I feel like I have no connections Ooh. to find out what's going on where I live. Ooh, pick me, pick me, pick me, pick me. I can answer. I, can answer. I don't know who. Go. Who, 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 who is it? Who is that? Oh. Okay. Um. Uh. Shit. Like. All right. I mean. I like. Okay. Let me think. Let me think. Let me think. All right. Um. I joined Scram Cave. You know, in like early 2017. Um. And that was pretty much how I uh, learned about like local bands and stuff. Because before I was just listening to like the same five screamo bands and enjoying them, but uh, I didn't really like go to shows or anything. Um. And then yeah, just like met people. You know, I was an awkward teenager like everybody else, but. You know, over time, you just go to more shows, meet more people, um, hype up bands and stuff. Just, you know, just be genuinely excited about bands and people in your scene. That's like the biggest thing. You know, make friends. Um, just be cool. You know, you can shit post every now and then. People like that. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, just be <laughs> above all, just be a decent person. I would say that's pretty much it. So I also want to answer this question, but I want to preface it uh, by describing the shirt I'm wearing. Um, it is it is powder blue. Um, on the left side, there is a neon red fall, a neon yellow out, and a neon green boy. And then on the other side, there's a fake shirt pocket. And out of the shirt pocket, there is climbing eyeballs and tentacles and blood. Um, why are you telling us this? It is my favorite Fallout Boy shirt that I own, and uh, because I don't have the, the Chicago softcore shirt, and I just wanted to preface my answer with this so that you know I am truly DIY uh, and plugged into the scene. <laughs> um, so, like Tamir said, joining Scram Cave was good. Uh, honestly, like joining local Facebook groups is like pretty imperative uh follow like if you uh, go to a show and there's a local opener uh check them out on twitter and see yeah. which other local bands they follow um and like if the description of their music are up their alley follow them on twitter um uh because they'll often post like the dates for diy shows they're that they're doing and then at the shows just uh Try your best to talk to people. I know yeah. it's hard if you have social anxiety, but we uh, we are people... all awkward. We are all yeah. awkward and shy, yes. and that that's what brings us together. But uh, if you really like the band, go and buy merch, and there's your in. There's there's your ability to start a conversation with people. From there, literally start a band. <laughs> and the other, the other Either, thing is yeah. like everybody everybody at a show is you know there because they're interested in the music so that's like a you know given talking point that you can start yeah, with you already yeah. have something huge in common yeah wear a band shirt to a show to go to a DIY shirt wear a band shirt to a show yeah yeah but yeah it's, it's kind of yeah kind of straightforward just yeah. yeah I will say that Do the thing. in my experience going to house shows by yourself is like horrifically 
anxiety inducing because it's like oh yeah because oh, for it, sure because it's like 95 percent of the room has gone there with someone else or is meeting someone yes. there and yes uh, i almost feel like if you run a house show you should like part part of your job is to like work the room and make sure people are like comfortable at least yeah that's extremely 100%. important 100 percent um I think uh, another problem that people have is when they're first getting into the scene, they're kind of intimidated because everyone is already friends with each other. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of it's kind of difficult to like find your lane when everyone's making inside jokes and you don't know what the fuck is going on. Yeah. Uh, High school never ended. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what I do is I just keep talking until people think that I've been there for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good strategy. It's a yeah. great strategy. <laughs> Fear. So, but if you're unlike me and you don't have diarrhea of the mouth, uh, just, just try try and listen until something you're interested in comes up. Wait for like a natural pause in the conversation, and then yeah. jump in with a perfectly constructed anecdote. Because I I know all you fuckers perfectly construct anecdotes in the shower, uh, just for the yep. situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Don't we all? But if you're Good at time. a show and you are like being social, I don't know. Just observe the room. Try and pull people in if they're off to the side and look nervous. I don't know. Uh, people yeah. watch, write a zine about it, and then uh, distribute it at the show. And so people can know all the fucked up shit that you think about. <laughs> don't, don't do that. But, like, for real, I think, like, a lot of the DIY scenes and your, like, entry points are online right now. Yeah. 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 Big time. Um, most of my friends are on the internet at this point. It's kind of fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> one of my best friends lives on the fucking west coast we've only been we've only met in person once but it's sick uh are you talking about uh pigeon yeah my baby yeah, do we want another my right, chemical uh, romance question i do yeah. sure sure why not <laughs> danger days is the best my chemical romance album oh christ next next <laughs> next please next please <laughs> What is the 2019 appraisal of this album? I like it. It's I do weird. Too. I see. I see. Like uh, DIY kids trying to reclaim it. Who are like, Danger Days is like an overlooked masterpiece. Um, people <laughs> say that it's like somewhere in like the fucking SAS lineage, which is like literal nonsense. What the hell? Um, what? Yeah. Yeah. Because it, because it's dancey. Or whatever. Oh, it's fucking pop music. It's it's yeah. pretty decent pop music, but it's not fucking sass. The hell. My my take on the album is that it's mostly kind of like uh, boring, half-formed pop rock songs, with the occasional like venture into ill-advised hard rock uh, yeah. on the song Stroya. Um, but the the last song of the album, Vampire Money, is actually fucking sick. Yes. Like, how does that one go again? Fucking sick. Uh, that's the that's the one that's like a, a fuck you to the Twilight people asking them to contribute to the song to the soundtrack. <laughs> I mean, like all the songs have so many elements that I would think are like cheesy in like any other context, but I feel like it's got the hooks to back that up. But maybe that's just like you know that I have a history with it and I'm blinded by nostalgia. I don't know. Uh, you, you hit the nail on the head, buddy. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> there are some gr- there are some good melodic ideas in there. They're they're they hidden are. under like cheesy glam rock and kind of yeah over overplayed presentations. But I mean, I don't I mean, have like an ideological bone to pick with glam rock itself. Um, and because you yeah. know 
MyChem delved into their like Bowie influences big time already on the Black Parade. Um, yeah, I just, it's less Bowie and more like I don't know, like Twisted Sister. I just feel like they're trying real hard to like reinvent themselves with this album when they could have, you know, released conventional weapons instead. Where <laughs> <laughs> yeah. are the question? Okay. This is my favorite question, I think. Where is emo headed? What will the breakout bands of next year sound like? I oh, I s- asked. Oh, shit. So, I think if, if you asked me this question last year, I think I would have said it would sound like California Cousins. But I think this year kind of proved that wrong. Um, yeah. I do think that bands are going to become a lot more serious. I hope so. I want emo to get fucking heavy. California, yeah, California Cousins just like ruined most emo for me because like that record <laughs> yeah. is like that record is just like far too heavy. That's like, what I wish. My was good. my hope, my hope is that emo bands will listen to Pool and just be yeah. like, oh, this is what gotta be making. Uh, but like throw in some twinkles. Um, how sick would that be? Uh, I'm pretty sick. But more easy yeah, core it, breakdowns. Honestly, maybe. Though. I know, I know. There's gonna be a couple coming up on, uh, or got angel. Yeah, I, truly, I, I feel like uh, emo's going full force into more pop song structures, uh, more streamlined songs, more easily accessible songs. Um, I feel like alternative music in general um, is starting to have like another breakthrough moment. Um, it's been kind of sustaining it, uh, like percolating just under surface level since 2017. And I, I think that next year might be a, a turning point. Um, and I think uh, the new Oso Oso record is going to have a lot to do with that. I think that's going to be pretty influential. Yeah, I um, hope so. That record is real good. Yeah, it's going to be hard because most <clears throat> people are not as good at writing songs as Jade is. Um, Thank you. But. Uh, that was kind of you to say, Ellie. I appreciate that. Yeah. There's, there's <laughs> definitely a lot more love for pop, like power pop, like kind of coming into the fold. Yeah. That's been something that's been and happening. People, that's a big thing. People are not afraid to like, say that they like sleeping with sirens now. Um, that's a, and that's like, a great fucking thing. <laughs> it is a great thing. It's a step further than like the scene music from when I was growing up. That's like. A little bit past my time, um, yeah. But uh, whatever, I fuck with Attack Attack, so it's all good. Um, yeah. And I don't think necessarily new emo bands are going to be sounding like those, but they will be uh, kind of embracing um, better production and uh, <laughs> college songwriting because of that. I think, I think I don't know. I I think bands sounding like they do now and people saying shit sounds like trash is because. Bands are getting popular off their first recorded material, and that's kind of a new thing. Yeah, it's kind of a bad thing. Some people see the songwriting in it before the recording. I mean, I mean, yeah, I can definitely like see like the roots of where someone's trying to go, but like, I feel like whatever guitar fight from Fooly Cooly is going to be coming up with is going to be so much better than the shit that they like already released into the world. Yeah. Um. And I feel like people aren't giving bands time to grow enough before proclaiming that this shit's going to be, like, the next big thing. Mm-hmm. 
that makes sense. I say everybody has to answer this question. So whoever has an answer, mm-hmm. speak up. And I just want either want it to become more poppy or just mathy as fuck. Mm. Just, just I'm kind of, I'm kind of over mathy. Yeah, I'm done honestly. with math. Except, I, obviously, except for like California cousins. I feel like they, they, yeah, like I said, they ruined it for me. Um, well, because well, they're dancing and groovy too. I was like, yeah, oh, not yeah. just new shit, and it was insane. <clears throat> Out of this world. There are like particular things that I, I would like hope to be different. Like I'm tired of, I'm just kind of tired of hearing like the same type of like guitar tones and shit. Um, yeah, turn down the yeah. treble. No. Just, Turn down the fucking treble. Use like fucking fuzz pedals or something, you know? Yeah. Burn your fucking telecasters. Burn it. Well, uh, huh, I love my telly. But, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> I don't know. You know, more T60s. Bring more fucking PBT60s into the mix, you know? God, they're fucking T60s. I love that thing. T60s are fucking insane. I have a hell T40. Yeah. Um, oh, hell yeah. More technical bands need to use HM2s and orange amps. Honestly, just like, yes, just like fucking use fucking, you know, sludge metal setups or whatever. I want to hear that. Yeah. I think guitar tone is like kind of an underrated element of bands like playing with sounds. Like, it's not just yeah. about the song, it's about your equipment setup. Um, Sound is and, sick. But also, not everyone has the money to invest in like a complex. Setup, of course. So I- <laughs> Of course, I have like six or seven basses and guitars in my room right now. Like two of them are actually mine. So yeah, Robin, all right, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> all right, has everyone answered? Tom, uh, I can kind of see it going in more of a direction where it starts to take itself less seriously and becomes more fun. Like, are you saying that emo bands take them too seriously? Take themselves too seriously right now? No, but I'm gonna. <laughs> but I'm saying they're gonna take themselves even less seriously. I think in the music itself, I, I a lot of times they they are taking themselves very seriously. Everything around that might not be, but okay, that makes that makes. But sense. like you know, as far, as far as like what influences come through, it can be a bit less kind of pretentious, a, a bit less I don't know, quote unquote, cool influences. With especially with the new uh, Origami Angel song, the Twenty Four Hour Drive Through, like it's a great song. It's amazing. It's really it well written, and it's about just like getting fast food, and it's yeah, it's like sick, and it's fun. Yeah, they're yeah. I think they are they are a great example of that. Actually, yeah, their music yeah. is like stupid fun, For but sure. like like ridiculously catchy, and they're both like amazing musicians too. Yeah, because yeah, Ryland really obviously good. takes yeah Ryland obviously t- takes like the music part of it extremely seriously. Yeah, yeah. This kind of is related to the question we just went through. Uh, Anthony Fantano doesn't re- review new music because new email was terrible. Step it up, yawn. All music is terrible. Next question. All music is fucking terrible. <laughs> I've I've told Ellie the take that we don't need Anthony Fantano to validate or invalidate emo because no we don't nobody does yeah and then I tweeted fucking emo owes Anthony Fantano nothing um, <laughs> it was fun if he's not gonna take the time to get plugged into it then why bother with him we can establish our own network you know I mean yeah anybody whose opinion kind of starts with it all sounds like American football is like kind of it kind of shows a bit of you know a, a knowledgeability Distance. <laughs> yeah 
Because I don't even know what's coming out that really sounds like American football these days. Um, not even American football. Not, literally that, not even American football. Yeah. Well, all right. So it would be a big deal if Anthony Fantano reviewed said new emo album. Is there anyone else adjacent or on the level of Anthony Fantano that like would be a big deal? I mean, Origami Angel had a song premiere on that one video game website, and that was a big deal. Uh, yeah, uh, Buff Corral, Buff Corral, definitely Buff Corral, hands down. Oh yeah. <laughs> imagine, imagine, fucking, imagine Origami Angel, Buff Corral cover. I mean, come on. Uh, How about everybody just request that on one of his videos? Please, God, please. Um, what if, uh, what if an emo <clears throat> band collaborated with Nostalgia Critic on his next Pink Floyd cover album? <laughs> Literally, shut the fuck. <laughs> Stop talking. <laughs> It's hard because people don't even really take Pitchfork seriously anymore, aside from, like, people who have tied their identity to Pitchfork. So Anthony Fantano is really one of the very few music critics who people take seriously. Um, and I think the the solution to that is start your own, do your own thing. I think that... Uh, I mean, it's the music itself isn't really in his lane, but I think Finn McKenney's getting like uh, up to that level of clout where his co-sign would probably mean a lot for a band. Who is that? Punk Rock NBA. Oh, yeah. does he talk about Slash oh, um, He mostly talks about like hardcore and pop punk, but yeah, I could I can kind of see him digging uh, Origami Angel because their songwriting is good and they are well produced. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like everyone can... Uh, hmm, I don't know how to phrase this. I feel like The Alternative does enough premieres and is the home for this stuff that it's not that big of a deal if you have a song premiered with The Alternative. Is that true? A um, little bit. Maybe Gold Flake Paint. I think maybe that has like some level of like clout if you get a premiere on that. Um, but I think The Alternative is just kind of like known as the home for this sort of music um and you're right i think it's like much less of a big deal when a band has its premiere on the alternative because everyone who was previously listening to the band probably already reads the alternative yeah i remember when like a diy band would have like a stereo gum premiere it'd be like oh shit gotta listen to this because yeah, right. like it's one of us that made it onto the big site i think maybe noisy uh yeah but, but websites work like for Consequence them, of Sound, yeah. Uh, I was going to say websites like Consequence of Sound and AV Club don't really do premieres anymore either. I know. We were on an AV Club playlist one time, and just out of the blue, like, it was crazy. That's sick. I want to get published by the AV Club, but David Anthony said that they're cowards and won't uh, accept any of my pitches. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't they owned by the same people as Deadspin? Yep. Um, it's all owned Dark. by Gawker, but I think it's being sold. Dark, again. You can tell, so the Onion unionized lately, and its content has been even more Marxist and left-leaning than usual. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I think when it gets, when it gets sold, they're going to gut it, um, which is going to be real sad. Unionize. Jimmy Eat World are the most consistent band in the emo genre. I don't know. I haven't listened Maybe. to much after fucking Bleed American. I don't really care. I mean... <laughs> They, uh, futures and invented and chase this light are all pretty good. Uh, 
heard the new album pretty good. It was all right. It, it's I like I said last time. I think Jimmy World is kind of like found their niche. They do bright, shimmery pop songs with like yeah, kind kind of raucous drumming. Um, Jimmy World, not even emo. <laughs> not even emo anymore. It's like emo that could be played on the radio. It's like some kind of emo that could be played on the radio still. I don't like know. Some type of emo pop or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they are like the emo pop band that's still making music. But I feel like whenever they put out an album, there's a bunch of people saying, this band still got it. And everyone else is just kind of like... No, they don't. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to say that they're the most consistent band in emo when, like... I feel like that kind of does not take into account DIY emo. Um, but I don't know if I can even think of a DIY emo band that can... Like, puts out albums of a of a similar consistency to them. Because every time you listen to a Jimmy A World album, you know what you're going to get. It's always going to be like B to B+. Plus. Um, and and I don't know. them on a different metric because they've been around longer. So, like, yeah, any DIY emo band that you would be talking about. The only thing I could, like... Say it would be similar would be like long running screamo bands like Envy. Yeah. Uh, and then we're like fucking I don't know, Jillian Carter maybe. I don't know. They're definitely like the longest are they like the longest running emo band that's like hasn't stopped since the nineties? Uh, maybe the only uh, one I can think of, yeah. Other than the ones that have like maybe come back or something after yeah. like fifteen years. I mean the yeah. get up kids are yeah. not consistent. Yeah, they've been around since 1993. So, yeah, a long time. Old heads. So, probably they are, no contest, the most consistent <clears throat> band in the emo genre. But <laughs> by default. <laughs> by default. Uh, Unless you can count, like, bands that have just one album, but it's really good, because technically that's consistent. <laughs> <laughs> There's no loopholes in this. <laughs> How would you rank every decade by emo by personal enjoyment these days? Do you go back to 90s emo albums more than 2000s, for example? Ooh. I never listen to 90s emo. That shit, not that good. Hey. <laughs> Holy shit, Roddy is just like a fount. What the fuck was that all about? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. I haven't really thought about that a ton, but... Um... I guess like two of my favorite uh, emo albums, um, Clarity. What was that? Ninety. That was ninety-seven. That's right. Ninety-nine. Um, Ninety-nine. I don't remember. Um, yeah, that and like uh, the newfound interest in Connecticut. Um, two thousand four. Like two thousand four. Yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, I guess like that era in particular is pretty sick to me. Um, but then, like most of, I don't know if I don't know if Screamo really counts in this conversation or not. But like personally, like twenty teens, like like yeah, I guess like this decade, most of my favorite Screamos come out. And I don't know, I don't know, hard for hard for me to say. There's stuff I like a massive amount in every single decade to the point yeah, where it almost feels like comparing apples and oranges too, because <laughs> each decade has brought something new to the table in regards to subgenre. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, like, young as hell, so I like 2010 stuff for the most part. But I like stuff from all the decades. I mean, I, yeah. th I think I'm younger, but, like, really recent stuff doesn't, like, really grab me for the most part. Like, that's a very general statement. Obviously, there's some of that. But, like, I feel like I mainly just come back to, like, late 90s, early 2000s. And then if I get into emo revival stuff, most of it's, like, the early emo revival. 
Yeah, that's yeah. what I listened to the most, yeah. like early 2009 through 2013. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry that y'all were born in the wrong generation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I was getting at, I guess. How old is everybody in, in, in the chat, if you don't mind me asking? I'm 19. I'm also <gasps> 19. Cool. I just turned 22 yesterday. I'm Happy 28. Birthday. 28, wow. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Roddy, how old are you? Like... I'm 22. Uh, all right. I'm, I'm 23. But I, I got like a way late introduction into like emo and shit. So like I'm from like a really small town in Montana and I didn't know about shit that was going on outside <laughs> what was on the radio and shit. So like, yeah. I didn't start like listening to anything DIY until like 2016. So like that's, that's kind of how it was for me too. In in that specific response, Roddy, you kind of sounded like 1980s Jose Canseco. <laughs> I <laughs> That's a weird thing to say. <laughs> so sounded like, like a bash brother. What do you want me to say? <laughs> so like niche. <laughs> uh, I think I think I think my like some of the most important music uh in this whole scene and all and all that has for me personally has probably come out this decade i don't know when i think of a band like shin guard or something it's like you know they have they they it's like they're a band that only i feel like only could have come out like in this decade too yeah. mm. and i feel like that's i feel like when it comes to you know other bands or or albums that have come out in this decade it's usually the case it's like i don't you know there might be a really good like fucking Indian summer ripoff band or somewhere, you know, yeah. that's like I think you know, as, 19 or something, but I don't really care. I think, I think as far as just like variety and innovation, uh, yeah. the 90s and the 2010s are kind of tied for me because um, there's the the 90s basically invented everything that's going on in the genre today. Um, and the 2010s is taking those influences in some different unexpected directions and also throwing yeah. in like uh emo rap and stuff like that which i think yeah. is a pretty brave new frontier that i'd like to see explored from both sides of the divide uh more frequently i think the stuff that i enjoy the most is like around the time that snowing's lp came out because i think that time was familiar to me but also like the beginning of a new thing because uh, I yeah. remember what was going on around that time, even though I wasn't listening to it as it was coming out. So like Snowing, Algernon, and the the Littler bands, like 1994 mm -hmm. and stuff. I think like that's truly what I'm enjoying the most these days. But also mm -hmm. like keep like keep, keeping up with music locally is like a chore in itself. Like that eats up so yes. much time. <laughs> yes. Doesn't feel like a chore to me. All the Richmond bands are good. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't know if you had a scheduled next question, but I'm just interested. Like, what, what, what's, what's like the best like local, really small band from like everybody's area at this point? Ooh. Jolly Rancher is, as far as emo goes, Jolly Rancher. Uh, they're a really good like weird twinkle emo band from this neck of the woods. Um, and. Uh, all genre. Um, I very much enjoy this band, Wings of Kynareth, uh, who used to be Nap and Stab, and now they're going in like a more explicitly deathcore influenced direction. But it's oh, I remember. Didn't they they put out like a two song thing this year, right? 
Yeah, they put out a promo. Yeah. Yeah, that that thing was wild. I remember that. DIY hardcore getting in on the pig squeal game. Hell yeah. <laughs> Minneapolis though. Yeah, there's like <laughs> yeah. every band from Minneapolis. But they're all they're all getting like well known outside of Minneapolis too. It seems like. Yeah. yeah. I feel like Roddy's just about to say nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd probably say like either Gully Boys or Harper's Jar. Word. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I've, I've listened to both of those. Harper's Jaw is really cool. Uh, Harper, with that. that was the first band we ever toured with. It was like Ride or Die Homies. They fucking fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I yeah. asked this exact question to Grant from Heart to Gold when they when they came through here. And like, like he was immediately like, you got to listen to Harper's Jaw. That's that fucking band. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like them. That's sick. They played Rash Fest, right? That was the yeah. other Minneapolis band. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bully Boys played too, but yeah. it was like yeah, like was... twelve thirty in the morning. Yeah, that was lit though. They had a very lit crowd and set. That's true. Eau Claire goes hard. Shout out to Ra- uh, Gash though. Gash is oh, I love such, Gash. Such an incredible <laughs> band. Yeah, they're so sick. I, w- I more people should listen to Gash. I like this band from Madison called Ghost Star. It's kind of noisy and mathy, and uh, they just put out an EP called Swelling. That's really good. That's my Madison band. Ghost Star? Ghost Star. One word. Oh, cool. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I just saw a post on our emo that I feel needs attention. Um, <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, God. Because, well, just because it's an example of how fucking young kids are, like, getting into the scene nowadays. Uh, someone posted, hey, quick question. Does anyone know how to pronounce Dikembe? Oh, God. <laughs> Damn. And like, well, that's how you do it. I mean, yeah, like, no, I, I'm not trying to shame them for like not knowing. Um, and it's cool that they asked, but it's just so weird that there are people now getting into the scene who don't know who Dikembe Mutombo is. <laughs> like, that's so weird. I think I wasn't sure on how to pronounce it until like the 2012 episode of the oh, Decade shit. Under oh, the Influence. Really? Wow. Oh, shit. <laughs> I just don't know anything about sports, though. Unless you're talking about the band from Boston. I know a lot about that band. That band rules. Didn't they break up? Yeah, I think so. Oh, you think so? I thought you knew everything there fucking was to know. <laughs> Damn it. Poser. <laughs> yeah. Are we talking? Are you still talking, like, strictly emo bands from our areas? Yeah. Or? yeah. Okay. Shit. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna say give. Both are. No, I was gonna say give. I was gonna well, say yeah. give. Ellie. It, it, it doesn't it have to be emo. Let's <laughs> let's strike it. It doesn't have to be emo. Maybe DIY. Okay, then it, I got some answers. Yeah, that makes it way easier. Um, uh, yeah, from Richmond. Um, fucking, I was gonna say give, but they're on prosthetic now, so they're they're on the they're on the big come up now. But um. Uh, Listless, which is the uh, like, like side band of like GIF. It's got like three of their members in it. They're just like ignorant, sludgy hardcore. Um, mm. They're 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 stupid heavy. Um, uh, let me think. The only emo band I could really think of was a uh, Padfoot, but like they're doing pretty well right now. Like they've they're they're getting some they're getting a little bit of buzz. They're still DIY, right? Yeah, no, they totally are. It's just like they're they weren't. I don't know. I'm trying to think of like smaller. Smaller bands that like nobody really knows about. Is that um, a chill wave band? Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Re- like recently, um, a chill wave band, I believe. Um, 
the slow goers, my band, maybe. <laughs> we are. Um, who else? I don't know. Fucking. Uh, there's a really good streamer band called, uh, yeah, In Wolf's Clothing that you're going to play with. They're really good. Um, they're kind of sloppy, but there's charm to it, so it's cool. Um, uh, a dead band now, unfortunately, um, as far as I know, uh, 60659C. Um, probably put out like my favorite, like, strictly like emo violence record of this decade yeah that band um, was so fucking sick band was powerful <laughs> um yeah. but i don't think they're gonna be playing shows anymore unfortunately um uh, oh, else? i don't know um yeah that's all i can think of oh well all right so i'm sorry to distract um again but uh i was just thinking about what do you think like the next bands that are gonna blow up are gonna sound like and uh, have I have any of you listened to that band? I wish I could skateboard. Yeah, I have a look. Yeah, they're cool. I haven't listened. I like to them. them. Yeah. I've heard of them. I haven't listened. Yeah, Ben Ben from Chillwave sent me their LP. Um, and holy shit, it's like emo mixed with grunge mixed with skate punk, and it's gonna blow everyone's fucking minds when it comes out. And I'm here for. Yeah, if band if bands are smart, they're gonna copy that sound next year. <laughs> <laughs> We were we were just arguing about skate punk on Facebook earlier today. Like what what type of like skate punk? Is it really <laughs> technical stuff or just like you know no. like title fight kind of? Which I, I I'm not saying title fight skate punk, but like kind you know in that in that I guess like lifetime vein. More like not not technical skate punk, but in that kind of like uh, straightforward ten foot pole type vein. I don't know shit about skate punk. <laughs> no word. It's fast melodic hardcore with uh, a little bit of technicality and a lot of vocal harmonies. Cool. Mom jeans? <laughs> yeah. If someone did a skate punk cover of a mom jeans song, it might be good. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Recently, I realized that Follow Me by Uncle Cracker could like easily be a mom jeans song. Uh, what? Which one is that? Is that the... Can you sing it? It's like follow me, everything is all right. There's a riff in there. That, uh, like... Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I I guess when I was really young, I used to like that song. Uh, so it's a it's weird that I don't like Mom Jeans. Have we gotten um, into all about... the local scenes? If, if nobody else, uh, since since I posed the question, I guess I didn't have have a chance to butt in with with a response. But I I do want to shout out. Um, I don't. I don't know which ones you want to consider even emo, but like they're all good bands, kind of in that vein. If you if you're into, you know, the local the the current emo scene, uh, so it goes is fucking fantastic. The Duke, uh, who they're gonna put out a new album soon, and all the songs I've heard live are incredible. And also uh, a band called Bummed Out are all all doing great stuff in in the area. And everyone already knows about this is how it ended in Tokyo. I don't need to plug them anymore. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. hot band. For like where I'm from, uh, which is Philly? Not like a lot Philly? Of... Are you? Are you? Are you? No, in Philly? I'm from Western Mass. Oh, okay. Wait. So... Oh yeah, that's right. Sorry, I thought that you were Dree, who is no longer here. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. I wish. <laughs> but uh, not really Western Mass, but from Worcester, this band called Peregrine is emo, and they're really freaking good. And they uh, named after the fucking the Apple Cast Apple Cast album. Judging from how the they sound, that, definitely. The one that we couldn't remember. <laughs> but that was episode they're good. 
Are they on that kind of like post-Rocky emo tip? Yeah, a little bit. I'm down. That's, that's, that, yeah, I'm all for that. There's also like this band called Perennial, which is really sick. They're like synth punk. Uh, I used to live in a place and my upstairs neighbor was in a band called Crafter and they're like melodic hardcore. Wait, yeah, I totally know that. I know that band. Actually, they rule. uh, yeah, my my roommate who's like right next to me right now went on went on tour with that band. Uh, they're talking about Crafter. Uh, oh, yeah, he's in a band called Death of Self. So yeah, I I lived in the same building as their vocalist, and he's the yeah. nicest person I've ever met. Also, Dump Him is really good. That band's getting big, right? Yeah, I think they I've like seen an audio tree. Yeah. Audio tree big. Oh and shit. Then, uh, I also have some friends in a band from Connecticut called Cinema Stare that don't have any uh, material out, but they're doing their record with Chris Teddy in this coming winter, so that's going to be really good. Tight. All right. Um, I'll plug one more that's not from Richmond, but is only from an hour away. Uh, Infant Island is like one of my favorite bands oh, to see live right now. Yeah. Their new shit is some is on some other shit. Yeah. Okay, here's a question that uh, I know is going to ruffle feathers that were people that were talking on Twitter about this as we were recording. The question is, does Marietta deserve the hype? And people on Twitter in our thread were just talking about how we have done Marietta dirty, which we just haven't. We just aren't like worshipping Marietta the way that everyone does. Yeah, I just don't care about that band, honestly. I wouldn't go that far. It's just like it's not the band that I have worshipped in my lifetime. Cooler than a lot of other bands, but like, yeah. Are we gonna have to cut this part off so we don't get crucified? I don't care. Right? No, I don't care. Yeah. yeah, hard for hard for me to I, pitch in at all. I don't. I haven't really listened to Marietta much. I care as much about people knowing my opinion on Marietta as I care about Marietta. So. <laughs> I'm kind of in the same boat. <laughs> does, does nobody here like Mary? Does anybody actually like Marietta? I love Marietta. Okay, <laughs> I like Marietta more yeah. than snowing. Okay, I love kind of a fantastic take. I don't like snowing. I think I, I don't like Roddy. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's going to be the main takeaway from this episode. You knew what you had when you brought me on. I knew it was a snake when I picked it up. Roddy, what's the band that like made you want to start making emo music? Making emo music? Yeah. That's a question. Damn, it's kind of embarrassing. Uh, it's no, probably it like, like Remo Drive when I first got into like emo shit. Like that was when, when, when like... Oh, let me explain. Let me defend myself. You don't need to. No one's said anything. Especially because of vocals, that makes sense. <laughs> um, like, they were, like, the like when I first moved to Minneapolis and, like, nice, we started playing, we, like, really sucked for a long time. We didn't really, like, have, like, a genre or, like, kind of, like, a direction. And then that, that was, at, like, the time when, like, Remo Drive, like, first started, like, blowing up. And, like, they were, like, my first, like, introduction to, like, emo music. So I was like, damn, that's that's cool. But, like, I don't, I don't really like that band anymore. But, like... <laughs> <laughs> it's weird that I like Nice's music so much. Is that weird? Because <laughs> we appear we appear to have like diametrically opposite tastes in music. It's not that I think like Snowing like is like I just think their their records kind of sound like shit and like like that's fair. I like that. They're just like so abrasive. Like the guitar 
is horrible. <laughs> it was literally mixed on an iPod headphones. Oh, oh shit, okay. I remember hearing about that. That's my favorite fun fact about like any album. Oh. <laughs> like I know it's like punk or whatever, but like <laughs> like this, I, I know it's I know it's punk, but punk sucks. All <laughs> like behind that is just kind of like like, ooh, like I don't care. Like I, I I don't want it to hurt to listen to you know. True. Try true. turning it down. Try yeah. <laughs> I wanted to ask this at one point, and I can totally strike it if you want me to. But the the nice EP, I know it existed. Uh, <laughs> why is it scrubbed from the internet? It was no, it just wasn't very good. Okay, like, yeah. can you can you email it to me? <laughs> I don't even have it anymore. Damn, Holy shit, don't. that's like next level. Yeah, like Sage has it, I think, but like I don't have it. Word. Okay. Is it just like no. is it just like very amateur songwriting or is extremely amateur songwriting? Like the the songs are about like nothing yeah. and like. I don't know. It was just like really bad and like, yeah, no, it just wasn't very good. I think a lot, the the new record we got in the vault of sick. <laughs> That's a good feeling. Roddy, I feel like I should clarify that I don't actually dislike you. I'm just doing a bit. I know. I, I, it would be completely valid if you did. <laughs> okay. <we're>, <laughs> well, no, just because like my, like the bit that I was doing on Twitter about not letting you on the podcast was like so convincing that Kyle thought I would be upset at you coming on. <laughs> That's sick. <laughs> That's just not the case. I just like love giving people shit. I I, lo- I also love giving people shit. I'm not. Yeah, a lot of those like OG like Twinkle Daddy bands. I lo- I love Algernon, but like I don't think I like like I don't know if y'all are in there like cap and jazz and shit. I think that shit's like. <laughs> Wait, what band is that? Yeah. Captain Jazz. Captain Jazz. <laughs> um, are they are they a nineties band? They're like eighties. Eighties? They don't have anything to do with uh with soccer mommy, do they? I feel like they have something to do with a, a band with a sport in their name. We could be here all day. <laughs> I like I like I like a few like Captain Jazz songs, but like it just sounds like it's recorded with a toaster. <laughs> it was it like most likely was what's funny about this podcast is that there's someone that that hasn't called in but is listening to it right now and i don't know who nice. it is <laughs> <laughs> fuck it we're gonna do it live yeah they're trying they're trying to hear some shit that we're gonna have to cut out some <laughs> controversial shit <laughs> they're gonna hear that i said title fight was overrated yeah. i wonder if it's, i wonder if it's pigeon they said they're in oh, a no. U-Haul. What's the next question? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's next? All right. We're going to keep going. Um, who's your favorite little rascal? <laughs> the dog, uh, to be honest. Alfalfa. Uh, um, my is hair it... used to stick up, so my mom used to call me Alfalfa all the time. So that's why he's my favorite. Are we going by, like, the movie? There's two movies, right? There's, like, a remake and a... Or is that a TV show? There was a TV show. I think. Yeah, the original was a TV show. Am I I'm making this up, or is there one named Roscoe? Maybe. I don't know. I actually my have favorite, zero was that the dog? Of rascals, other than my mom calling Alfalfa. <laughs> There's Buckwheat. Buckwheat's oh, my favorite. 
Buckwheat's my favorite. Is Buckwheat the wait? Which one's the kid who had like the two pickles and was like singing the song about the two pickles? I got a pickle. I got a pickle. I got a pickle. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. I don't remember. That's Buckwheat is my favorite uh, because um, it, uh, uh, well, I should I should say uh, Eddie Murphy's portrayal of Buckwheat on Saturday Night Live is my favorite little uh, rascal. Oh, yeah. oh, that yeah, Cause, okay. Cause right. the, the thing was Buckwheat got assassinated <laughs> <laughs> on TV. <laughs> Honestly, hot, hot take, but Eddie Murphy is like really cool. <laughs> yeah. I think people are mad at uh, people were mad at him because his specials in the eighties were really homophobic. But he's like apologized hella since then and like actively donated money to like LGBT charities and like AIDS charities. Um, he was a pissed off he was like a pissed off black dude in the 80s they were all well i shouldn't say they were all homophobic that's not true but you know it was a it was a it was a weird time (laughs) it almost sounds like i'm advocating for like homophobia but (laughs) it was the 80s it was the 80s it was the 80s we were all on cocaine homophobia was a way of life we recorded albums with toasters. We recorded <laughs> albums with toasters, and we fucking loved it. We loved every fucking minute of it. <laughs> had to walk to the recording studio both ways uphill in the snow. <laughs> I, ate dog, I ate dog food with the roadies for Black Flag. <laughs> Shout out Eddie Murphy. Personal growth is sick. Yeah. yeah. In your opinion, do you think a band can hold the classification as emo while being more shoegaze leaning, no. Um, I think the lines of emo are pretty blurred, and like it's not really like as. Yeah. I don't know. Like a lot of the stuff that's like coming out that's considered emo just is a lot like just indie rock with like emo riffs. Emo's a scene, not a sound anymore. So I mean, yeah. yeah. It's a movement, man. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, I think if your sound is more shoegaze than emo, then it, it's not wrong to call you a shoegaze band and not an emo band. You know that band Alien Boy? Yeah. 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 I think yeah. that band does emo shoegaze. Sure. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I think like there's a few examples of like a band that is emo that uses a little bit too many pedals that kind of make them emo. I mean, that kind of make them shoegaze leaning eat emo and not like one or the other i don't know i feel like that band nothing has some emo influences but no one ever calls them i know an emo band. They're a shoegaze I, band i got called out earlier for for saying symbol z guitars was a shoegaze band when they're not and i also never hear them called an emo band and i think that they're both so at least the first um, album i don't really care about any other i think they fall under the general indie umbrella symbol z guitars. yeah they're kind that, of, they're kind of that, like that a... first record is just like so it just feels just kind of so at home with like, especially like Joan of Arc stuff. Maybe it's just his voice, but like, like Joan, yeah. what Joan is of Arc is also again? Rock. Uh, something um, something mountains. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, why can't I? Why can't I remember the name? But yeah. Um, well, I guess I guess if we can't remember the name of the album, that's pretty emo, right? It's probably a long yes, title yeah. or some shit. Uh, why there a mountain? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, that had like fucking brave little abacus vibes to me. Oh, for sure. It's like uh, weird. Yeah, way before that. Yeah, it's like it's like really like kind of very kind of almost power pop, but like not powerful, but like kind of got that really kind of 
you know, strong, like, Brian Wilson vibe almost. Yeah, it's weird. I feel bad about this, y'all, but I have to leave, like, soon-ish. Okay. So we should we should do some rapid-fire questions. Or All right. how about we, we reflect on two years of the E-word? We could do that. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. We could do that. Most of the questions suck, right? Yeah. So that's okay. <laughs> Did you think we'd make it two years? Uh, honestly, I I was thinking about this, and I asked Dina. Uh, um, I was like, hey, can you believe I've been doing this podcast for, like, two years of my life? And she looked at me and said yes. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd say, like, as a fan, um, like, um, I'm not, I, I, I'm not surprised y'all have been going this long. I just think, like, the growth itself has been insane. Like, the fact that you've had, the fact that you've had Christian from the hotel you're on twice is kind of insane. Um, they invited themselves on. Yeah, that's the yeah. funny part about that, that second one. <laughs> like, that's 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 pretty fucking crazy to me, you know. And like all of snowing. You know, yeah, that you're reunited yeah. snowing. <laughs> that was reunited snowing, fucking reunited my chem. The, the, <laughs> the podcast holds is insane. We need to get title fight on. Get saying. title fight on. I, I want to have them on. tour Japan. Right. I want to be on the title fight episode. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like uh, I feel I feel like when we reunite bands, it's like a monkey's paw situation. <laughs> oh, my chem got it back together, but it's like one show in L.A. Oh shit, snowing's back in there, but it's a Japan. It's a Japanese tour. I, I, know. I know, I know. Um I'm not surprised we did it two years. We were calling ourselves a bi-monthly podcast, so technically we should have fifty-two episodes by uh November twenty-first, but I I I think uh we've been a little sloppy about recording two episodes a month, but I think it's also fine because we've started undertaking this huge project of a decade under the influence and there's so many moving parts and yeah i think what i i i i think for having 40 episodes we've hardly had duds which i think is more impressive than having 52 episodes yeah i i have a question do any of y'all think kyle including you that we've had any bad episodes yeah all of them except this one <laughs> What about the other one you were on? Oh, that one's uh, definitely the worst one. <laughs> no. um, Aaron. I don't it's know. It's Aaron's fault. It's not... I love Aaron. Um, I don't know. Uh, can't think of what a dud might be for this podcast. <laughs> Maybe that just means they're all duds. They're just all duds. <laughs> I have a question, unrelated, but I can wait. Ask, no, ask the question now. Okay, I was wondering, like, what, uh, what, if, uh, if you're thinking that far ahead, what's, what's, what's coming uh, after a decade under the influence? Yo, I don't know. <laughs> well, what I, what I really want is monetization of the podcast, but it's just been difficult because I feel like if we do that, we need to hold ourselves to a very consistent uh, level of output and a very high level of quality and. Uh, I don't want to ask people for money if we're not giving them that. What's up? Not willing to commit to a high level of quality. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. Have you listened to the podcast? (laughs) That's I. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Oh, y'all should do a, uh, y'all should fucking, I don't know, one y'all should fly out to the other, do a live episode. I would love that. I would love to do a live, like a live taping of an episode. Yeah. Let's do it Be at in the same room. I'm tired of 20, hearing, like, lag and 2021. Do it at Fest. <laughs> yeah. Fest. I think that we technically were invited to do it at, what, not, not Fochella, the other one. DIY Prom. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, like we would have had to throw in some money and we're very poor. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe a plan to keep the momentum going is just always having some kind of good guest. I think like that's the way to like uh, to keep people interested because if we just do I, like I I I liked our classic format of talking about news and stuff, but I'd I, I think like the content of the episode mattered so much that people would tune in or not. So I think like having a guest or some kind of structure around the guest is like going to be the future. Yeah. But I do enjoy like the just us episodes. Right. Yeah. 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 They're really they're fun. They're... Yeah. Just invite everybody from Twitter to every episode. <laughs> oh boy. That sounds great. What, what if we just started doing that? We were like, Hey, we're recording the E word right now. If you want, <laughs> if you want to get your thoughts out, hop on. That sounds dangerous. Yeah, <laughs> like some dangerous. AM radio. Horrible shit. people on the internet. <laughs> or just post in the middle of the episode. We're currently taking callers. I think it's fun just to give up the e-word Instagram password to people. That is that uh, is funny. I liked controlling the the e-word Instagram for a day. That was cool. Oh yeah, that's right. You were like the second the second band to do that. You were on four twenty. Yeah, that's right. The biggest booking we've had on this podcast was you having the, the Instagram account on 420. Yeah, I know. It's, it's crazy to have a high-level celebrity like me control the Instagram. Yeah, I, 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 I don't, or we don't have a plan for the E-word in 2020, basically. I'm writing a five-year plan for myself, okay. um, my blog, and I, I feel like the E-word should be incorporated. Um, yeah. Because I, I was thinking about this. We have almost 2,000 Twitter followers. Uh, if every single one of those people uh, just contributed $1 a month, we could like quit our day jobs and <laughs> focus entirely on producing internet content for profit. Like just $1 a month. $1 a month and you could uh, feed a starving person in Austin, Texas. Uh, <laughs> um, what else can we... Uh, I mean, yeah, this, this year's growth in like episodes was crazy. Because like we thought it was like the hugest deal to have Tom from Washed Up Emo on our fourth on our fourth episode or whatever, but this year it's just been like holy shit, this oh, yeah. person's down with the podcast. Yeah, God, that was early on. Holy shit. Yeah, it was episode five, I think. Yeah. yeah. Kyle, who's your dream guest? I mean, I can't wait. I I just know it's gonna happen. I think Shitty Greg is gonna be the best guest just because it's like. That person is basically responsible of like the professional interaction between emo and I mean between DIY and industry. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that would be a really fascinating episode. Yeah. Uh, my dream guest is Scott Vogel from Terror. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> I I changed my mind. Scott Vogel and Jamie Jasta. Jamie Jasta is like the Joe Rogan of hardcore now, though. <laughs> Yo, I actually saw someone say that Pat Kinlan was the Joe Rogan of hardcore. But I kind of believe the, the shit that, like, 
Patrick says is like you can actually like take some literal advice from that in in your life. I don't uh, know. Oh, for I, sure. I I don't know if I believe anything that Joe Rogan says is useful. I think I think Jenny has the same thing, the same problem Joe Rogan does, where uh, he just reverts to the opinions of whoever his guest is. Yeah, that's crazy. You ever tried to do it In the emo world, I think uh, my dream guest would probably be Jeremy from Sunny Day Real Estate. <laughs> Just to flex on washed up emo. Yeah, because he be, be, because he won't go on that. Yeah, or like Davy, um, that'd be real cool. Yeah, uh, I I think we would destroy the internet if Mike Kinsella came on. Um, oh, that, oh Jesus! <laughs> Gerard uh, Way on the pod. <laughs> Gerard Way would be cool. I think the last episode of the podcast ever would be Mom Jeans. <laughs> how how far into the future would that be? Like six months from now. <laughs> <laughs> so who do you people think should come on the podcast? Fuck you, mean you people. <laughs> you all, you folks. I was I was really waiting for Timir to say that. <laughs> uh, Jeremy Ball would be sick. So I was thinking. Oh, oh my know. god, that's actually Damn, my that's real what I was going to say. That's actually my real dream guest is Jeremy Bohm. I, I could see that happening. Uh, um, I could be like, I've seen your band 27 times and I've never met you. Uh, how are you? <laughs> I met him at, a, uh, what was it, the fucking Page 99 Majority Rule reunion show in Richmond. He like flew out from Texas to come to that show. Jeez. That was, so fucking... that was insane. And he seems like such a swell guy, you know? Yeah, he seems really cool. As he was like surrounded by a bunch of fucking, you know, 19 year olds who just got into Screamo. But it was safe. I want to see Playboy Cardi on the pod. About emo music. Okay, actually, hear me out. Um, Wicca phase. Yeah. I think it'd be real cool to have Wicca phase on. Yeah. That'd be really sick. I feel like this, like, last 10 minutes of the podcast is useless. (laughs) This is just us being like. Yeah, that's uh, cool. This is who we yeah, like. Cool. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We yeah. center oh, yeah. ourselves. I don't know. I think we deserve. I, I think we deserve an opportunity to just kind of pat ourselves on the back real quick. You know, <laughs> like honestly, I, I, I'm like really proud of the decade under the influence. I think we've done like a really cool thing with it, which is um, kind of uh, an hour and could be your life for this era of emo, which I don't know if anyone else would have done it. Um, right, maybe yeah, eventually, but like this, this is the thing that needed to be documented. I'm really glad that we're doing it. Yeah, there was that point yeah. when when Ian Cohen was on, and he was like, "I don't know who's 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 gonna do the 10 year appraisal on like parrot flies," and like we had already planned doing this, and I was just like sitting in my seat, being like, "That's gonna be us, motherfucker. You don't even know." <laughs> yeah. Ian Cohen said he was gonna do like an our band could be your life sort of book about like the world is early era and like all those bands. And I asked if he wanted a co-writer and he just said, no, <laughs> I haven't read a book in like five years, but I'd read that. Um, I've read like 12 books so far this year, which is a little low for me, but, um, I just picked up, uh, the adventures of Cavalier and clay and, um, a supposedly fun thing I'll never do again by David Foster Wallace. And, me and Dina are planning on reading Infinite Jest together, so try to get back on that being horse. 
I read Tranny this year. That was really good. Oh, Laura Jane Grace's book? Yeah. yeah. Um, it's excellent. Uh, I read the NoFX autobiography, and it was fantastic. I've heard that's good. <laughs> and I kind of hate that band now, but the like the <laughs> book itself is really good. John Gentili talks about that book all the time. Is, Sean is it Gentili? There? Yeah, he's he's the guy from Punk News. He's kind of stepped down from a lot of Punk News stuff, but he still does the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. He's mostly an attorney, right? Yeah. I mean, he's been an attorney for a while, but... I just thought it was uh, Gentile, like um, what my parents called the non-Jews. <laughs> <laughs> I have literally listened to the Punk News podcast since the first episode. Yeah, it's it's weird having been like a, a like since that was like a podcast that like I was a big fan of like then becoming a somewhat regular guest on it and now now I haven't done it in a while and I actually I haven't been keeping up with listening recently but yeah yeah it's cool I literally found out about Spotify because of that podcast like that's how long it was going <laughs> <Holy> on because <shit. laughs> like Spotify was like not a thing for yeah for a little bit when like podcasts are still a thing and it was just like yeah there's this thing that's available in canada right now called spotify and i was like oh, wow i really hope that becomes available in the united states <laughs> hey kyle uh which podcast would you like to be on besides blink 155 better yet better yet oh shit that'd be great um i will i i want to hear kyle on death talk i uh, want to hear um... that too I and love that. I want podcast. everyone else to hear me. I, I want everyone else to hear me on Axe the Grind. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be tight. One I feel the, like I get clowned. I, I don't. I don't listen to Axe the Grind a ton, but one of the bands I was playing with over this past summer gets talked about a fair amount on there. Pat's a big fan of a uh, band, hardcore band called Porcupine. Porcupine. There's that grunge yeah. band called Porcupine too, right? Yeah, there's. It's one of the guys from Husker Du right. started yeah, a band right. called Porcupine. It. it yeah. Fucked with everything on the internet. <laughs> that band. Porcupine. Is that the end of the pod? I yes. know. Like, what else is there to say at this point? Have we tailed off? Let's do one last question. Well, who the is the worst one. emo band ever? Oh, sick. <laughs> oh. My Chemical Romance, hands down, easily. I don't fucking know. Hot Mulligan. <laughs> I fucking hate Hot Mulligan. That Whoa. band is bad. Uh, <laughs> Flowers tape depends. It's <laughs> like that's like that was like the only band when I was getting into like emo and screamo and shit that I like actually just disliked on first listen. I honestly probably wouldn't even hate them now, but that's my answer for this episode. Can I say a non-emo like band that people think are emo? Yeah, I haven't like like Four I mom have... beats. I have, like, hated the last three Menzingers albums. And everyone is like, bro, are you going to the Menzingers show? And I'm like, yeah, but I'm waiting for the Menzingers go on. I mean, if you're a fan of the Menzingers, I don't think you even, like, have much to defend there. And I am a fan of the Menzingers. I just joined a very Menzingers-y band called Life Looks Good. And it's, like, it's it's just the kind of thing that you have to kind of be into. But it's not really defensible on its own merits. How can you even be a fan of the Menzingers if you're not a functional alcoholic? <laughs> I feel like this question feels very like focused on today because all the bad bands from the '90s uh, kind of uh, are forgotten. You know, like for every Mineral, there was like five Shyness Clinics. 
there was a ton of like shitty 90s emo bands that no one remembers anymore exactly um <laughs> they're from boston i think um i know i talk a lot of shit but like for the most part like i'm not usually actually mad at things and i kind of like a lot of stuff like most things um so it's hard yeah. for me to think of like an emo band that i like genuinely like hate and i don't want to like keep going back to that well well then well <laughs> we all good all right here? well Am I allowed to plug music? Sure. Okay. Uh, I mean, I just released like a, a, a. I'm in a bunch of bands right now, but I just released a solo album uh, for my project called The Clusterfuck Theory, which is like oh, just yeah. me trying to do bomb the music industry. But like now, I'm trying to branch out a bit more than that. But Hell yeah, yeah. I'm Sweet. pretty proud of it. It's on all platforms and stuff. I don't know. Yeah, I'm searching it up on Bandcamp right now. Hell yeah. Thanks. Yeah, I'm writing down band names and stuff. Sick. Wait, what's the other band you're in? Uh, I'm in Brian C. Stars. We're on hiatus right now. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Um, but yeah, a band called The Magnifiers. Mentioned Porcupine before. Life looks good. Um, I can't remember what other bands I'm in. Periodically in a band called Bad Planning. They're 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 cool. They're like kind of emo tinge, but like easy core ish, like Lifetime. Mixed with like, like kind of at the core, Jawbreaker, like Lifetime, Alkaline Trio, but then kind of more, kind of easy core influence on that. They're cool. I've liked them for a long time, and now I'm I'm playing with them. So, cool. Right. Yeah, very such gold. Oh, okay, I yeah. very much, I very much for real have to go now. Okay. 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 Um, I'm gonna edit <laughs> this one a lot because there's a lot of silence. There's a lot of. <laughs> Yeah, we had too many people on, so I feel like everyone was just waiting for their turn to talk. Yeah, that's yeah. going <laughs> to happen. All right, thank you, everyone, for joining us for our two-year anniversary. Yeah. Thank you. Congratulations. Thanks. Thank you. Um, I amend my answer to Nice. I think Nice is the worst band of the past 20 years. Um, <laughs> Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. In, in the best, best way possible. <laughs>